All right, let's uh, open your Bibles to Romans, the uh, 10th chapter, if you would. Romans, the 10th chapter. Romans, the 10th chapter. Of course, last Sunday we looked at numerous scriptures concerning the blood of Jesus, and we saw that, you know, it's very powerful. And the blood of Jesus, we noted last week it did what the blood of the animals could not do. The blood of the animals covered sin. The blood of Jesus washes sin away. We noted that the blood of Jesus redeems us, gives us a clean conscience, justifies us, brings us near to the Heavenly Father, gives us peace with Him. It makes us overcomers. And so we noted all that last week. And today I want to show you how to activate and apply the blood of Jesus in your life. I want to show you how to have power on your mind, power on your actions, and power everywhere you go, which will make you an overcomer. How many of you would like to have power on your mind and on your actions and everywhere you go? Anybody? So we'll, we'll talk about that. You know, we'll title this The Wonder Working Power. There's wonder working power in the blood of Jesus, and we say that, but it doesn't do you very much good if you don't know how to activate it and how to apply it. So we'll we'll talk about that here today. Now, in Romans the 10th chapter and the 9th verse, look at that if you would, we'll see how sinners activate the wonder working power of the blood of Jesus. Notice this. Romans 10 and 9 says this, that if you, what's that next word? If you what? If you, if you, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and what's the ne- next word? Believe. Believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Notice the two words, confession, confess and believe. So how then, this is talking about when a sinner gets saved, what do they have to do? They have to believe in their heart that God's raised him from the dead, is that right? That God has raised Jesus from the dead and they have to confess Jesus with their mouth. So how, and then of course it says as a result of that, they'll be what? They'll be what? They'll be saved. Well, to get saved, the blood of Jesus has to go into operation, right? And wash that sinner clean of their sins. But what activated the blood? It was confession and faith, wasn't it? Or we could say faith and confession. So how would a sinner activate the wonder-working power of the blood of Jesus, it would be through faith and confession. Is that right? Through belief and confession. That's how the blood of Jesus is activated in the life of a sinner. That's how a sinner gets saved. They believe in their heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. They confess Jesus as their Lord with their mouth. And what that belief or that faith and confession does is it activates the blood of Jesus and it causes it to go into operation, you know, and uh, then the sinner gets saved. Now that's for a sinner, but I wonder how a Christian would activate the blood of Jesus. Well, let's look at 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. 1 John chapter 1 verse 7. How would a Christian, somebody that's already saved, they've already activated the blood of Jesus and they've been washed clean. They're, you know, they're, they're a saved person now. But you know, as saved people, we still need the blood of Jesus, don't we? Because we, even after we get saved, See, when we get saved, that means we're going to heaven, we're going to miss hell. That's wonderful, but, but you see, as we live here on the earth, 
as Christians, there's still things that we do that, that we shouldn't do. And we need the blood of Jesus to wash us. How do we activate that blood? How do we activate the wonder-working power of the blood of Jesus in our lives as Christians? Well, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, this is talking about Christians now, or talking to Christians. It says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So there's the blood of Jesus cleansing us. Verse 8 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, the truth is not in us. But look at verse 9. If we, what's that next word? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So how would you then, as a Christian, well, let's review here. How does a sinner activate the blood of Jesus? Through faith and confession. Well, how would a believer then activate the blood of Jesus. Well, verse 9 talks about confession, but a believer already has faith. Is that right? So, so faith and confession would be what a Christian would do to activate the blood of Jesus. So it doesn't matter if, if it's a sinner or a Christian, the blood of Jesus is activated the same. Through what? Through Say this, through faith, through faith. and confession. Through faith and confession, through believing in your heart and confession, that activates the blood of Jesus. That puts the blood of Jesus into, in, into operation, whether it's a sinner or whether it's a Christian who's messed up, and, you know, sins somewhere or another in their life. In both cases, the blood of Jesus is put into operation the same way, through faith or believing in your heart and confession. See, when a Christian messes up, what would they do? They would repent of that sin and go to the, didn't it say that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You go before the heavenly father with a repentant heart and a believing heart and you'd confess that sin, right? And when you do that, the blood of Jesus goes into operation and cleanses us. Verse seven said, cleanses us from all sin. So what's the point? Point is, you put the blood of Jesus in, in, into operation through what? Through faith and confession. confession. You get that? Yes. Are you okay? Yeah. Pretty simple, isn't it? You see, we talk about the blood of Jesus. We talk about the power in the blood. But what good is all of that if you don't know how to activate it, you see? And so now right here, just in the first, what, five minutes, I've told you how to activate the blood of Jesus. How do you activate the blood of Jesus? Through what? Faith and, say it again, through what? Through, and confession. All right, so that's, that's pretty simple. Now, uh, you need to realize this, that a sinner, you know what I'm talking about, somebody that is lost and undone in their sins, they only need the blood of Jesus to be applied to their lives once. Right? Because, you, you know, sinner, how, how does a sinner activate the blood of Jesus? Through what? Faith and confession. And when they do, the blood of Jesus washes them and they become a new creation in Christ. Okay? That's a one-time happening. All right? But you see, we as Christians, there is, and you need to realize this, to have power on your life, you need to realize as a Christian, there's an ongoing application of the blood of Jesus. Did you hear what I just said? 
This is one, see, this message today, if you get a hold of it as a Christian, you'll, you'll see more power on your life. To think right, to act right, to, to do right things. You see, a sinner only need the blood of Jesus applied, how many times did we say? Once. Once. But it, and that's where they get saved, all right? But a Christian needs to realize that there's an ongoing application of the blood of Jesus. And if you get a hold of this message today, it'll bring power into your life. Look at Leviticus 14, if you would. Go over to the Old Testament, and there's an Old Testament type. And, and the Bible says in the New Testament that these types in the Old Testament were given to us as examples. And so we need to take a look at this in Leviticus. Let's see, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. That's the third book in the Bible. Chapter 14 and verse 12. Now let's take a look at this here. Because in, in what we're about to read, it'll show you, it'll show us how we as Christians should keep the blood of Jesus applied to our lives on a regular basis. Now look here at Leviticus 14, verse 12. And the priest shall take one male lamb and offer it as a trespass offering and the log of oil, or that's just a container of oil, and wave them as a wave offering before the Lord. Then he shall kill the lamb. See, that lamb is a type of Jesus. He'll kill the lamb in the place where he kills the sin offering and the burnt offering in a holy place. As for the sin offering, it is the priest, so the trespass offering is most holy. But look at verse 14. This is what I want you to get. The priest shall take some of the what? Some of the? the blood of the trespass offering and the priest shall put it on the what tip of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed so that where did the blood go first the tip of the ear so on the ear we'll say and then on the what the thumb of the right hand so where did the blood go next on the hand right that is to be cleansed and then where did it go lastly on the what on the big toe of the right foot. So just to keep it simple, the blood went on the what? The ear, which is the head region, went on the thumb, which has to do with the hands, and went on the toe, which has to do with the feet. Okay? Now, what you need to get out of this is when it's talking about the ear, it's talking about your, your how do things enter into your, into your spirit? How do they get into your, how do they get into your mind through your eyes and your ears is that right now how does something let's see how smart y'all are how does something get into your stomach through your mouth typically is that right right well how does something get into your mind and into your spirit through your ears and your eyes so see the blood was applied to the ear which has to do with the that's made that, that has to do with the sensor sensory gateways and then where next was the blood applied to the thumb which has to do with the hands you do things with your hands don't you now where was the first place the blood was applied again to the ear which has to do with what your ears your your head your ears your eyes your sensory which has to do with your mind wouldn't it be good to have the power of God on your mind wouldn't that be wonderful to think right and if you think right then you're gonna act right aren't you Is is that right 
And so where was the blood? Where did the blood go next on the thumb, which has to do with the hands? Is that correct? How many of you would like to have the power of God on your hands to do right things? Wouldn't that be wonderful? And then where, where was the third and final place that the blood went? Huh? On your toe, that has to do with your feet. How many of you like to have the power of God on your feet to go the right places you're supposed to go and not go the places you're not supposed to go? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Okay. So the blood was applied. Now, why was the blood applied in these three places? Well, we're going to see that. Let's, let's look at verse 15. Verse 15, and the priest shall take some of the log of oil, that log, just a container of oil. Now, now, you need to realize this. We've been talking about the blood, but now it's talking about what? Oil. It was talking about the blood, and where'd the blood go? It went on the ear, the right thumb, and the toe. Is that right? Now, that's the blood. Now, it's talking about what? It's talking about oil. Now, you need to realize this. In the scripture, in the Bible, oil is a type of the Holy Spirit, a type of the anointing of God. That means the power of God. That's what oil is a type of very many times in the scripture. And notice here now the priest, he just had the blood. Now he's got the oil. Now notice here the priest shall take some of this oil and pour it in the palm of his left hand. Then the priest shall dip his right finger in the oil that is in his left hand and shall sprinkle some of the oil with his finger. How many times? Seven times. Now, does anybody realize that seven times is God's number of completion, isn't it? But you need to also realize something else. What this seven times has a a reference to. How many of you would like to know what this seven times has a reference to? Anybody interested in that besides me? Well... Real place, real, real quickly, just hold your place here, right there, and, and go over Revelation chapter 1, verse 4. This will help you. It's just interesting. I think it'll help you because we're talking about how to get power on your mind, power on what you do, power on where you go. Now, how many times did the priest sprinkle the oil? How many times? Seven. Let's show you what that means. Look at Revelation 1, verse 4. Revelation 1, verse 4 says, John... To the seven churches which are in Asia. Well, there's the number seven. Grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, who is to come. And from the what? The seven spirits who are before his throne. Now, let me ask you, is there one Holy Spirit or seven? There's one. Well, why does it say seven there? Because you need to understand that the Holy Spirit has a sevenfold ministry. A seven-part ministry. Look, if you would, at John fourteen sixteen. Go over to John chapter 14, verse 16 in the Amplified, and it'll be up on the screen up there because some people don't have an Amplified Bible, and, that, and that's fine. But Revelation 14, 16, look at this in the Amplified Bible. It says, Jesus said, I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another what? Another comforter. And then the Amplified says, comforter, then what? Counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and stand by that he may remain with you for how long? Forever. Now count up how many, there's comforter is one, counselor is two, helper is three, intercessor is four, advocate five, strengthener six, and stand by is what? Seven. Now when the priest sprinkled that oil seven times over there in the book of Leviticus, 
It was making reference to the Holy Spirit and to the complete work of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you would like to have the complete power of the Holy Spirit upon your ears, upon your eyes, upon your mind, upon your hands and upon your feet? How many of you would like to have that? That would be good, wouldn't it? So go back over to the book of Leviticus now. Chapter 14, verse 16, back in the New King James. Go back there. Now maybe this verse will mean a little more to you. Oil is a type of, oil is a type of, 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 of what? Oil is a type of what now? Type of the Holy Spirit, the anointing, the power of God. So notice this here. Revel, uh, Leviticus 14 and 16. Then the priest shall dip his right finger in the what? In the oil. That's a type of the Holy Spirit. And, and shall sprinkle some of the oil with his finger. How many times? Now, what does that seven mean? That's talking about the complete total work of the Holy Spirit. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Now, notice here, verse 17. Leviticus fourteen seventeen, And the rest of the oil in his hand The priest shall put some where? On the tip of the right ear, right? Now, what what went there first? Just a little, the blood. And so now the blood came first and then the what? The oil. Well, the blood comes first and then once the blood is there, how do you activate the blood again through what? Faith and confession. So you get the blood there. And then when the blood, that blood, you know, is a type of the blood of Jesus. When you get the blood there, then the anointing can come or the power can come. Now then he put it on the tip of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed. Then where did the, where did the oil go next? On the thumb of his right hand. Well, what went on the thumb first? The blood. Now, because the blood was there, how do you activate the blood again through faith and confession so now that the blood is there now the oil can come and that oil is a type of the power of God isn't it and then finally where did the oil go the oil went on the big toe of the right foot what went there before the oil went there the blood how do you activate the blood through faith and confession so then once the blood's there then the oil comes then the power comes the power of the Holy Spirit You see, Christians try so hard to think right. How many tries to think right besides me? Christians try to act right. How many tries to act right besides? Christians try to walk right. But they try to do it without keeping the blood of Jesus applied to these areas. This shows us that we need as Christians to keep the blood of Jesus applied to our minds regularly, to our ears and our eyes regularly. How many of you know there's things our ears don't need to listen to? There's things our eyes don't need to look at. There's things our minds shouldn't be thinking. Now, now, that, now that's, that's impossible to, to, to think right, to look at, you know, to avoid looking at things you shouldn't look at or hearing things you shouldn't listen to. That's impossible to do without the help of God. Would you agree with me? But to get the help of God, we're going to need to have the blood applied because it's not until the blood is applied that the power of God, the anointing of God comes. And it's that power, that anointing, that power of God that enables us 
to, to not look at things we shouldn't be looking at, to not listen to things we shouldn't be listening to, to not be thinking about things we shouldn't be thinking about. Are you okay? Amen. So we as Christians need to activate the blood of Jesus as it pertains to our eyes, as it pertains to our ears, as it pertains to our minds. How do you activate the blood? Through faith and confession. Then again, Christians try so hard to act right. They try so hard to act right. How many tries to act right besides me, all right? But you see, it's impossible to do without the help of the Holy Spirit. But you see, we need to understand that to get the help of the Holy Spirit, we need to have the blood applied. How do you apply the blood? How do you activate the blood? Through what? Faith and confession. And so we need to have the blood applied to our hands as Christians because it's when the blood is applied that the what? The oil, the anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit comes so that we do the things we're supposed to do and not do the things we're not supposed to do. How many of you think that's pretty good here? What we're, pretty interesting, isn't it? And then finally... How many of you try to go the right places with your feet and you try to stay away from the places you shouldn't go? Amen. Well, you know, it's impo- it, it, that's hard enough to do, but without the help of the Holy Spirit, it's impossible. But if we get the help of the Holy Spirit, we can find ourselves going where we're supposed to go and not going where we're not supposed to go. But how does that happen? We have to keep as Christians the blood applied to our feet, right? And then when the blood is applied to our feet, how do you activate the blood? Through faith and confession you activate the blood then the power of God comes amen is that right and it'll empower your feet to do what go where you're supposed to go and not go where you're not supposed to go you understand that how many you got getting this this morning it's pretty interesting isn't it And, and so having said all of that we as Christians need to keep the we need to keep the blood applied to our eyes to our ears to our minds to our hands or our feet, keep the blood applied. How do you keep the blood applied? Through confession and faith, is that right? And then when the blood is applied, then the anointing, the oil, the power of God is on our eyes, on our ears, on our mind, on our hands, on our feet. Amen. Now then we'll just close right here in Revelation 12, verse 11. Revelation 12, verse 11. Let's close right here. Revelation 12, verse 11. Look at this. This verse, based on what I've said in the last 15 minutes or so, will make more sense to you now maybe than it ever has. Look at this, Revelation 12, verse 11. And they overcame him. Overcame who? The devil. This is talking about Christians now. Overcame him. Overcame who? Overcame the devil. By the blood of the lamb. Okay, by the blood of the lamb. And by the what? The word of their testimony well that always used to kind of puzzle me the word of the t- I kind of understood it but I really understand it now the word of their testimony what does it take to activate and apply the blood of Jesus faith and confession do you see that now so as you take the word of your testimony, as you take your confession and you keep the blood applied, I'm talking to Christians now, you keep the blood applied to your ears, to your eyes, to your mind, to your hands and your feet, then the power of God comes, the anointing of God comes and it empowers you to hear right things to, and to not listen to wrong things, to see right things and not look at wrong things, to think right thoughts and not think bad thoughts, to do right things and to avoid doing wrong things, to go places you should go and to avoid 
prescribed places you shouldn't go, but you see, you have to activate the blood of Jesus. You have to confess, you know, I would say daily or regularly over your life, over your, your ears, your eyes, your mind, your hands, your feet, the blood of Jesus. How do you activate the blood of Jesus? Faith and confession, the word of your testimony, and keep the blood of Jesus applied. Then the power of God comes, and then bless God as a result of the power of God coming. Then we overcome. Can you say amen? Stand with me if you would. Praise God forevermore. So we'll close with a little exercise here where we'll do this. We'll apply the blood and then we'll be dismissed. Did you get anything out of this today? How many of you know you don't have to preach or teach long to be effective, do you? We got our point across, didn't we? Amen. Now, if you're here today, now listen, I don't need the music today, thank you. But listen to me very carefully. Heads bowed, eyes closed, just for a moment. Listen, if you're here today, listen carefully to me now. If you're here today and you've never had the blood of Jesus applied to your life, ever, you're, you're a sinner. You, you, you're, you're, you've never, you've never, never asked Jesus into your heart. You've never repented of your sins and asked him to come into your life. You need to do that before you leave here today. I don't care what age you are, young or old or middle-aged, it doesn't matter. You need, to, you need to be sure that before you leave here today that you've had the blood of Jesus applied to your life. Okay, that's how you get saved. That's how you miss hell. That's how you make heaven. You say, how, how, how do I do that, pastor? Well, in just a few minutes, just a few minutes from now when we dismiss, there'll be some men and women standing up here in the front. And all you do is you just walk right on up to the front here and get with one of these nice people that'll be up here when we dismiss. And you just say, hey, I wanna, I, I, I wanna know Jesus. And with a repentant heart, that just means with, with a heart saying, hey, I'm tired of my old life. I wanna I want I want live for God. I'm tired of living this old way that I've been living. And, and with that repentant heart, then what you do is you believe in your heart that God's raised Jesus from the dead and you confess Jesus as your Lord. And these people will help you with that. You do that, what does that do? That activates the blood of Jesus, like we said here today. It causes the blood of Jesus to go into operation and his blood will be applied to your life. It'll wash all your sins away and you'll be a new creation in Christ and heaven will rejoice. So you do that before you leave today if you've never done that before. And you see, you only need to do that once and, uh, and then you become a Christian. But now I wanna talk to Christians here as we close the service. And, and, and I'm gonna just lead you in a little exercise here that'll help you that you ought to do on a regular basis, on a regular basis. Just do what we did here today. Keep the blood of Jesus applied to your life as a Christian now I'm talking about so that you'll have the power of God available to your mind and to your hands and to your feet, you see. So you'll have the, the ability to overcome. You see, in and of yourself, you don't have the ability, but through Jesus and his blood and his anointing, you, you do, you see. So just say this after me, talking to Christians now, just say this after me, I'll lead you in a good confession here. How do you activate the blood of Jesus? Through faith and confession, the word of our testimony. So say, in the name of Jesus, I apply the blood of Jesus to my ears, to my eyes, to my mind, to my hands and to my feet. And as a result of that blood being applied, the power of God, the anointing of God, the full work of the Holy Spirit 
all of his power will be upon my ears, upon my eyes, upon my mind, upon my hands, upon my feet. In Jesus' name, I receive it as done. Now raise your hands and just thank God for it. I thank you, Lord. I bless you. I praise you and I magnify you that your blood has been applied. We keep it applied. The anointing of God stays upon us, upon our ears, our eyes, our minds, our hands, our feet. And we walk as overcomers in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, now greet a couple of people, love on them, and you're dismissed. God bless you.